the icons of real estate podcast are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents ready to skyrocket your business this podcast is for you tune in every week and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business from three million dollars to 30 million dollars in just 12 months brought to you by the masters in real estate marketing ardor seo Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest today from my favorite state of Florida, Blake Jones. And Blake is with Sotheby's International with the Carol Jones Beckman Group, which he is a partner with. Hey, Blake, how are you? Welcome hey, to the Tim. Show. Glad to be here, man. I appreciate y'all inviting me on. Yeah, hey, great. Beautiful, beautiful look there behind you. That doesn't look like Florida, the Florida I know. <laughs> that, yeah this is a, a nice little hidden gem here in the panhandle most people probably don't even know about yeah for sure that that looks wonderful so let's go ahead and start at the beginning blake how did you get started in real estate uh you know did you grow up were you a six-year-old trying to sell your parents house you know <laughs> said i always want to i always want to sell homes how'd you get started man i actually uh my dad was a second generation builder and so as soon as I was old enough, uh, I was working for him on the job site. And to be totally honest, I despised realtors <laughs> for most of my life. Wait, I got to stop the recording. Hold Just on. Being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need therapy, Blake? Do I need to get Always. Up? I think it's good for everybody. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, we, growing up, as a builder's son, it was peaks and valleys and um, a lot of hard times, a lot of fun times. And my recollection from that period of life was that I will never get into real estate because right. <laughs> I wanted to be in something stable. And so uh, hence going to college and getting the only degree that I could think of that would help solve that, which is finance. And, uh, you know, uh, went into banking for a while. And didn't really enjoy that very much. So went back to school, got my MBA. Um, then Merrill called. So I went to go work for Merrill Lynch. And um, as your background, you know, that's a tough gig to get started off the sure. runway. I think it's a success rate of less than 5%. Yep. And uh, made it six years, five five or six years. It's been a while. Yeah. Where I really learned, um, really learned how to talk to people and how advice um is given to people particularly on an industry where you're dealing with the unknown and there's no answers and no matter how smart you are you as even as you saw in the options world i'm sure no way it it really doesn't matter and so there's a way to navigate periods of life when you're dealing with unknown answers and that's really a skill set that has to be learned it's not natural and my days at merrill i was lucky enough to have a mentor that was 60 that saw my work ethic and for some reason saw something worth investing his time into. And I got to meet and work with a lot of clients. So I think when I left there, um, our average client age was about 70. And so I got yeah. to deal with a lot of life experience. Sure. You know, as a 26 year old, you really have no right to give advice to someone that's 70. Yeah. And um, somehow learned how to do that along the way with them. And, so I thought that could parlay really well at the really high end second home market down here where I live now. And um, so with the building background, planning, financial planning and modeling background um, and 
maybe what you don't know is my market here is kind of like the Hamptons of mm -hmm. this area. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of like the house I was showing you earlier is about 1200 bucks a square foot and it's not on the beach. Right. And our Gulf front homes are starting to get 20 million plus wow. um, on a routine basis. So there's a lot of investment exposure to that, to those decisions, but then there's also just a lot of life lifestyle right. planning decisions. So anyways, it parlayed in um, our kids were one and three at the time and we decided to move down. And uh, we were living in Little Rock, Arkansas, which I love Little Rock. I love Arkansas. But had I not been born there, I would have never chosen to live there, if right. that makes sense. And so we uh, would have moved to Hot Springs. Yeah, actually, my parents moved here from there not long ago. Um, and so it's a nice, it's a nice area. I love it there. It I've is. Been it I've is. been camping there, you know, being from Dallas, I've been camping there a few times, you know. So Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but kids were one and three, and I'll finish my little spill here, and then we can actually get into some interesting info. But uh, we knew we had a couple of years where we could move anywhere and figure it out and do whatever we want. If we had to, we could always move back and get back into financial planning. And uh, so we we chose here. This is where my wife and I got engaged. We worked here during the summers of college, and it's a, about a 15,000 populous city, and um, it's just great. We love it. Couldn't pay me to live anywhere else now. That's fantastic, Lee. Interesting. The most interesting part of it is you have become what you hated. So I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I'm actually going to put that on your. Uh... No, become what I was scared of. I was oh, scared. Now you were scared of it. Of no, the no, risk. I, I, I yeah, I wanted to try to take the risk yeah. out of life, and no, you can't you model know, risk out of life. You know what's interesting about that? And I won't get into the philosophy of mindset, but um, the only you know, I was going to say you had mentioned earlier. You know, I really hated the idea of real estate, so I kind of ran with it, but. The yeah. reality is it's because you, you, you had a, you had a natural instinct towards it and that did scare you. That's what I was going to say. And that's what really oh, scared yeah. you because now look at you, you've excelled at it. You've embraced it. Right. And you've been, from what I can tell you've mastered it. So uh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So tell me about your team. Um, you know, I, I, I know you're a partner in a team there. Um, you know, is it, uh, do you guys hire agents and, you know, what, what size is the office? Is it just the three or four of you or, you know, what does that look like? Well, I'll, uh, I'll start with our brokerage. So the brokerage that we work with, we've got about 75 full-time agents. And I believe last year we were sixth in the world on productivity per agent. Fantastic. I think our average agent production was somewhere around 30 million or something like that. So it's, it's really high achievers. Um, and within that structure, Randy and I started a team about five or six years ago. And um, Randy is also my gray haired mentor and partner in this business, uh, which I had in the finance world too. And so mm -hmm. um, he brings a plethora of sales experience from his days managing, being director of sales of companies like IBM and things like that. And then I have my own weird way of viewing the world and it kind of just fits really well with um with his experience and then kind of my detail oriented anal retentiveness, I guess you could call it. And, um, and so from that, we started the team. And then about six months later, we brought on Kim Beckman, who um, adds a lot of expertise that uh, as you can imagine, two dudes don't bring to the table <laughs> and connecting with different types of people and right. planning different parts of the sale process and prepping and helping uh, not just one side connect to the pieces that we manage in the transaction, but both parties, so husband and wife. And so it's a, a really good flavor to have, have her in the mix. Um, and then just recently, last year, I brought on a, a 
personal buyer's agent and assistant. And Randy just brought on a similar role for his. And we obviously have a transaction coordinator and closing coordinator and all that stuff too. So, yeah, nice. So yeah, you got everybody that you need there. So let me ask you this. If, if I were to drive up and this is, this, this is from a conversation that uh, Blake and I had prior to, to uh, the, the podcast, but if I were to drive up and we went to your favorite uh, restaurant, and, um, yeah. you know, we were just sitting there having a drink, talking, me, your family. And I would just say, hey, Blake, tell me what on a day-to-day basis, because I can fix anything on a day-to-day basis that you may actually struggle with. You're probably in a utopia. You probably really enjoy where you're at. But there's always going to be something that either you wish you had more time, you wish you could, you know, more clients, whatever it might be. What's the one thing that you could use uh, help in or, or, or need a fix for? Simple, uh, people management and people decision making for that. So I'm a uh, servant leader at heart, and nice. uh, makes it really hard to. I, I really struggle with making uh, people negative people decisions quickly. I tend to stew on them, and I keep them around longer, and I will avoid that level uh, of business decision making. And and also, what you don't know is. There's a few other businesses that I'm involved with that have lots of people that we got to manage and like we've got a rental, ma- a short-term rental management business as well in this area that right. uh, does really well. Uh, but that's a tough, that's a logistics business. And right. so, uh, but I would say that that's my, not my number one skill set. I can connect with clients and help people all day long, but uh, planning the framework for people to help me is where I struggle. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's a, a legitimate, you know, issue that some leaders have, you know, it's, oh, it's, not, always, it's not always something that you want to, uh, to, to have to tackle. So where do you see, you know, as far as your, your, your real estate side of it, this focus business, what do you see for the next one, three and five years? I mean, short term, mid range, and then the long game where, you know, what are you, what are you looking for? Do you have a blueprint for that? You know, I, uh, this is, this is bad, but I'm not a huge goal planner. Okay. Cause at heart, I'm just a work like, uh, like again, I can't sit still anywhere. So I don't, I don't need to over energize myself with extra goals to do. Like I'll go do right. stuff. Right. Just so I feel productive. Um, and so I'm not, I'm just not big on that. Cause I don't need that to be motivated to get up and go, go do work. Um, and not that that's what everybody needs, but I found when I set goals and then I achieve a goal, then I just set another higher goal. And then I get to the philosophical region. Like, why am I even doing that? Let's just enjoy the journey and try to steward people and steward decision-making and all that along the way. So I don't really have a huge roadmap for it other than we just want to keep serving people and keep getting better at what we do every day. Right. And we want to encompass people on the bus as we uncover them. I wouldn't say we have a goal to go manage or help other agents and try to build up that level of business. I think for me, um, in the market that we're in, we get to deal, you know, I'll do 30 to 40 million this year and deal with 20 to 25 transactions. And so it's a really intimate relationship with each client. And so that provides a really good income for me to invest in other passive type businesses. And for instance, you know, on the brokerage side, if you want to have an asset that's worth selling, then you've got to build big teams and you've got to build mountains of production. And you've got to have processes and systems. that's all based on managing salespeople. And I'm not a huge fan of managing salespeople. 
<laughs> so, so I said real quick, you know, when we started becoming pretty successful in real estate that we do not want to own a brokerage and we don't want to have that level of uh, management. I would rather, you know, if I'm going to manage things, I want to have residual income on that type of pr product. So that's where, that's where we spawned our property management business um, because right. you don't have to go out and find new business every day. You just right. need to serve and culture and steward what you have. Yeah. And so, um, so we also have a, a bocce, a local bocce company that a friend of mine and I started to bring people together. And um, again, everything we kind of do is just, and everything I'm focused on are all on relationships right? and figuring out ways of bringing people together and having a positive impact on their life. Yeah. Very nice. So, you know, we both live in Florida. We've seen, or we, we have witnessed, it doesn't look like it's slowing down, but we have witnessed, you know, a large influx, at least, you know, in the past 10 years, five, 10 years, which is longer than both of us have been in Florida, but it hasn't stopped <laughs> a large influx of, of migration down here. Yeah. Um, and we're running out of land we're running out of peninsula you know or <laughs> whatever you want to call it the island's getting full <laughs> the island's getting full if it's not sinking no i'm yeah. kidding that's that's a miami uh, just, um, oh yeah but, <laughs> depends but, on uh, what age period you're looking at right yeah exactly <laughs> you know 10 years from now i I'll, I'll probably live in a houseboat um but uh how are you garnering it was the brunt of your business people moving into the area or is it or no. you solely work on people who are interchanging and fighting uh horse flies no <laughs> interchanging uh, homes in the area is that more more of what you I do would say you? you know more recently a, a larger percentage of my business has been full-time type moves um what what our area allows and and so quick you know history facts on the area I live in um, this city was founded in the eighties, the late eighties. Okay. So no one here right now was born here. There's not a soul. Wow. Like, it's not like Nashville where people, nobody's born there, but there's still a big subculture of people that were born there anyways. And so, um, this area has seen a high level of growth and a lot of, um, increase in value because of some of the structures around how they developed it and designed it and all that. But, um, so nobody's from here. So the, the path forward is all creative and it's wow. all transplants. And so um, it's really good to be able to bring those folks together and uh, and it creates a lot of opportunity, whether good opportunity or bad opportunity, you know. It's so. a beautiful area for sure. I, I encourage anyone that's, that's looking to make a change in Florida or to Florida uh, to check it out. Uh, especially but it is, um, you know, to answer your question on the uh, the primary stuff, you know, what we're starting to see is a lot of people are in the decision-making zone of, um, I, I want to go ahead and buy something now because they know real estate's going up long-term in the state of Florida because people are moving here. As long as that's the case, we should increase in value. Uh, but they're not quite retired yet, ready to move here full-time. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of clients are in that, what I call a tweener house. And so yeah. they're trying to go ahead and get something now. And this was probably six months ago prior to rates going up and lock it in and have it produce rental income over their ownership period. And then a couple of years when they get to hang up their reins with their business, um, then they, you know, spend six months in a day or longer here um, as they figure out that next stage of life. And so that would be probably a big portion of my business, um, probably 50 to 60%. Okay. You know, I'd say 20 to 25 is full time. And then 
Um, the remaining 10% is just pure investment. Um, wow. okay. Just looking for properties at cash flow and things like that. Nice. Nice. How would someone get in touch with you, Blake, if they were interested in the area and maybe they weren't familiar uh, with Santa Rosa? I live in Florida and I've been through there a few times, but I'll tell you this, I, I would like to come down and, and, and look at some of your area or come out and look at some of your area yeah. sometime for sure. How would they get in touch yeah. with you? Well, I mean, the best way I'm a phone call guy, I love phone calls and uh, I'll talk to anybody and help them with anything. So uh, we've got obviously all the websites and online marketing platforms. You know, Instagram, everything just kind of depends on whose medium. And if you, I, this bug is killing me. I can give a little plug. It's at Blake on 38 for Instagram is a real easy way to just kind of see some okay. of the lifestyle elements and things here. And I'd put your, uh, give us your phone number. It's just going to, you know, it's going to be on the podcast. And I don't think there's any going to be any ruffians listening to the show. <laughs> no. We're going to harass you. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a text or call me at 850 714 4252. Okay. Um, we've got a website, jones.scenicsur.com. That, and I mean, there's Google Blake Jones 30A and it'll pop up too. And, you know, I'm real easy to talk with and you won't be bothering me at all. You got it. You got it. Well, we're at the point of the show, Blake, where we're kind of winding down. And what I like to do, um, and this is the only curveball I'll throw you on the on the show, is I'd like to give you the last minute or two to take us out. You know, you're you're kind of the hit record and on the DJ spinning it, right? So uh, anything on your your mind, your heart, your soul that you'd like to share with someone? It could be about business. It could be about your family. It could be about uh, how to dress that Thanksgiving bird tomorrow. Just take us out. Man, uh, wow, that is a curveball. Yeah, I would just say always, always view every every situation you're in with somebody as an opportunity to make a positive impact in someone else's life. And remember that you're always you're not always playing from your role. Sometimes you're there to be a piece in the whole puzzle. And so always just add value if you can. No, that's great sage advice. That wasn't a curveball. That was perfect. What are you talking about? <laughs> great advice, man. Blake, thanks so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed our experience and, and look forward to catching up with you over the next three, six, nine months. I have a feeling we will get an opportunity to meet and, you know, look over some of those beachfront properties. Hey, have a yeah. great holiday, okay? Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye.